Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Junos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Root Nibblink, and I'll be your host. I've got my guy Blake in here with me, as always. How are we feeling tonight? Your guy is feeling fine, all right? It's a special day. I put a uh, beard brush through my beard here. I wanted to make sure I was extra just, you know, quaffed for the for the show for our live viewers all nice right word. sorry you know the podcast you know you're not getting the the benefit of this but you know uh, dm <laughs> me I'll, I'll send you a picture no problem <laughs> all right we got norman in here already saying he's excited for the episode glad to see you buddy My hope guy. that we can provide the smoke for you tonight by now i think everybody knows the drill we're here to look at some players who've been performing well some have been performing poorly we're also gonna get into a little bit of the trade action that's been going on especially here today in the nhl and answer some questions if people have them in the live stream chat here but first, as always, we've got to play our favorite game, Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, I do have to bring up the score since we've been keeping score over the last little bit. I'm now are up we? two to are one. Are we keeping score? I don't, I don't, I don't, oh, yeah, we are. Right. Okay. He's already trying to back out of this. It's it's a bad scene already. Uh, I'm up two to one. Little two-game winning streak here. But uh, now Blake's got control. He's at the helm here this week. So he's going to ask the questions and try to trip me up. So what do you have for me, Blake? That's right. Well, this week I got Petty. I got Chintzy. All right. We're doing goalie stuff. All right. <laughs> I'm taking care of biz. We're taking you down. This is a this is a 100% dub. Book it. All right. Over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're doing uh, two truths and a lie. Goals saved above average edition. All right. That's, uh, you right. know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where Nate's at with this. All right. You know, he doesn't just do, uh, you know, fours and defensemen. He, he you know, he's He's pretty sly that way, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Here. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with number one. Okay, number one, Stuart Skinner has a higher goal saved above average than Igor Shesterkin. Hmm. All right. All right. Think, All think right. about that. All right, number two, Elvis Merzlikens has the worst goal saved above average in the entire league. All right. Feels like no one would be surprised by that, given how Merzlikens' okay. season has gone. Okay. All right. There you go. Okay. And Uka Pekalukanen, or UPL, as everyone else calls him, for good reason, uh, has a worse goal save above average than Carol Vamelka. What say you? Hmm. All right. So, obviously, Skinner having a higher GSA... GSAA than Shesterkin feels like the red herring, the one that we throw out there to be the obvious candidate to pick. And so then I've just got to try to figure out if you're playing me or double playing me on that one. Uh, Merzlikens, that one feels right. But again, that could be a bit of a red herring. UPL being a worse GSAA than Vimelka would not surprise me, to be honest. Um... Yeah, just the overall numbers on the season for Lukanen have not been great. He's gone through some pretty cold stretches along with some good stretches. And Vimelka has been good for the most part. This is a tough one. I don't feel like there's a, a strong number one candidate in my mind. I will say that. I'm leaning towards... I'm going to go with the obscure one. I'm going to go with UPL has a worse GSAA than Corral Vimelka. This is what you call TCB. Taking care of business, baby. <laughs> All right. That's what we call two against two all right you're incorrect nate i'm sorry all right but that's a great guess all yeah right. these are all these are all ridiculous i i 
I can't trip you up. So I have to, I have to just get cheap with it. And that's, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> all right. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I have no shame for that. So yeah. Um, the, uh, lie is number two, Elvis Merzlikens with the worst, uh, GSA in the entire league. It's okay. pretty dang bad. All right. But the worst, you want to take a guess? Uh, I couldn't possibly begin to guess. Think yeah. It just me. hit me with it. Spencer Martin. Terrible. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah I can see it. Oh, yep. Man. Yeah. He's just, just, <laughs> what are you doing? So yeah, it's, it's bad, but uh, there you go. Um, he's Elvis, Elvis Merzlikens is third worst. There you go. Oh no, there you go, Norman. Yeah. Zero truce when it comes to goalies for zero G. Yeah, that's right. We, that's just straight voodoo over here. We don't talk about that. All right. In fact, they're the position that should not be named. All right. But uh, yeah, <laughs> the position Lickens. that shall not be named. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, before we get into the performing well and performing poorly, I do want to address some of the stuff that's been going on around the league. Obviously, top of everyone's mind has to be the Timo Meyer trade. And. Obviously, Timo Meyer traded, if you haven't heard yet, um, well, first off, what rock are you living under? But uh, also, Meyer has been traded to the New Jersey Devils, um, and the return is a 2023 uh, conditional first-round pick, Shakir Mukamadulin uh, and Nikita Okotiuk. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Andres Johnson, Fabian Zetterland. <laughs> A conditional 2024 second and 2024 seventh. I thought it was two firsts, and this uh, on TSN is saying it's a first round in 2023 and a second in 2024, so maybe we'll have to vet that. But regardless, obviously, uh, a bunch of picks, a bunch of players going the Sharks' way for Meyer. For us in fantasy, we're most interested in what this means for Meyer moving forward. So right off the bat... um, well, Blake, why don't you hit us? What What are you thinking? How does Meyer fit in with the Devils? What do you? What's your uh, gut reaction? Your first take on the trade here? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we're, in actuality, in actual NHL, this is a great trade for the Devils. Such a win. I mean, this guy to me is is the top name on the trade market, and he's going to a team that is already killing. All right, and they, I think they could do even better. Right. So the Devils are having mm-hmm. a, a good season, and I don't think they've reached full potential yet. So. Um, he's going to slide right in there. You know, he's either playing with Nico Heischer or Jack Hughes, hopefully Hughes. Whoa. You know, that's, that's just silliness. Um, you know, these guys are first off like at A and G here, we like, you know, advanced statistics and Jack Hughes, great advanced statistics, Timo Meyer, great advanced statistics. Like, what does that, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? You know, like, are they just going to just start dummying teams? You know, like, uh, like they crushed the flyers the other night, you know, um, it's, it's just going to be awesome. I'm excited to see it. Um, one thing I do think with Timo Meyer, though, I think, you know, his deployment could potentially take a hit. I think when you, you know, hmm. it's it's not, I don't think it's going to be a Bo Horvat situation where he shows up and he's getting like 27 minutes a night in a game. Like, right. that he I, he's going to be purely relied on for his offense. Um, you know, I. I think that his deployment might take a little hit, but I think it'll kind of come out in the wash, no problem, because he's going to be playing with better players, right? So I think you can pencil him in for better offense than what he was doing um, with the San Jose Sharks, and he's still going to bring the perifs. I mean, this guy can't help it, right? He shoots, he hits like a train. So yeah, Timo Meyer, if you got him, you're loving it, because um, this is just a much better situation for him, fantasy-wise and in in uh, reality as well. Yeah, I 
I'm pretty bullish about it as well. I think, you know, 52 points in 57 games for Meyer, 31 of those are goals. He's obviously been kind of the straw that stirs whatever's left of the drink among the forwards yep. <laughs> there in San Jose. Um, Eric Carlson, obviously a big part of that as well, but on the back end. So the Sharks definitely take a huge hit. Hurdle, Couture, anybody you're rostering there, right. um, definitely taking a big hit. Even Carlson takes a hit uh, with Meyer out of the way. But on the Devils side, I think he slots comfortably into the top six. I'm honestly not all that concerned whether he's alongside Hughes or Tatar like Hughes is a big time shooter as well like a volume shooter in the same way that Meyer is so I kind of feel like they might not even complement each other all that well at five on five but I'm not too worried about it uh, I would be happy to see him alongside Heesher as well yeah, I think absolutely. both of those lines would be a 5v5 upgrade for him uh, it could take some time for the chemistry to develop and that would be the only concern I guess you might have but definitely I'm uh, I'm all aboard. And in terms of the power play, like definitely going to be on power play one. They're playing Andre Pallad on top power play right now. He's gone. Bye-bye. Um, definitely it's going to be uh, Meyer in that situation now. And that's that's going to be Timo Meyer, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, and Dougie Hamilton on the top power play. That's as dangerous a power play as any across the league. So that's very exciting. So I think, you know, if you're trying to quickly estimate some kind of point pace or something moving forward, yeah, I think... 40 plus goal uh, pace rest of season and then yeah point per game seems like a pretty solid floor for him he was nearly there in San Jose so give him that little bit of a bump going to New Jersey and I feel like that's all right uh, yeah don't think that's a stretch at all definitely agrees probably not going to see 19 minutes and 58 seconds a night like he was in San Jose but I mean I don't know if he's going to be all that far off, like definitely yeah. 18 plus, uh, probably close to 19. So I'm not super worried about that overall, just given the team context there, that'll obviously be much better. Um, another player that returned recently that we had a question come in this afternoon on Twitter about Duclair, Anthony Duclair on Florida had a good start uh, in his return. Now it sounds like Barkov could be out. I'm hearing uh, just He's got a lingering issue that's going on. And so it's, yeah, really tough to say what that's going to look like long term. But Duclair, that kind of cements his spot in the top six because they're going to have to move guys around. Like Reinhardt might play center, Lundell might play center. But that kind of means that Duclair is cemented in the top six and kind of cements his minutes there. Um, so overall, I think Duclair, it like, he was hitting in his first game back. He was doing all the right things you want to see. So that gives me some confidence that uh, he's actually, you know, at full strength and ready to do this. And he's not just going to kind of ease his way back in. So that feels good to me. I don't know if there's a huge fantasy ceiling here, but he should definitely be rostered in like 12 team leagues and up for sure. So yeah, I'm into it as far as that goes. How about you, Blake? Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I, you know, like anything, I say just temper ex expectations here, right? Like, look at what Florida's accomplished this year. Um, sort of how they're all their best players on that team. Look what they're kind of getting done, right? This is a guy coming off, uh, I think, it was an Achilles uh, injury, right? That's a that's a pretty mm -hmm. serious injury, right? So, you know, he's he's it's going to take him a while to get back to to game shape and and feeling good, right? And even when he was feeling good, the highest point pace he ever had was last year in that great season that Florida had with 64, uh, 64 point pace. Right. So that's yep. ceiling to me. That's ceiling uh, for the rest yep. of the season to me. So, you know, just temper your expectations because um, he doesn't do much else. He doesn't really hit. 
you know? So um, I'd like, I like four shots and five hits in the first game. That's excellent. So keep that going. Now we're talking, my guy, but uh, yeah, I, you know, he could bring a nice little, nice little return for you if you've stashed him this year. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, another part of that question was Michael Matheson and Stuart Skinner. Are they holds? I'm assuming it was Stuart Skinner and not Jeff Skinner. If you're questioning oh, right. whether Jeff Skinner is a hold, he's absolutely a hold. Uh, Skinner, I would say, is a hold uh, for me, especially with how Campbell has been playing lately, which is quite terribly. So Skinner's definitely a hold for me, and Matheson definitely a hold for me as well. He's been hot, and I've been kind of on the Matheson train all season long. He kept getting injured, and now he's finally healthy, and he's producing. So definitely about it with Matheson. I've even heard some talk that he could be moved. He's got a very reasonable salary, um, mm. average salary of 4875 and he's got uh, looks like three more years on that after this season going to age 31. Very reasonable overall. So I think that definitely that could be a contract that gets moved by the Canadians as they look to further their tank for Bedard situation. And I think he'd be very valuable to a team. Uh, he's been very productive in Montreal and some team looking to add someone to their you know second pair or something like that. Second pair, second power play kind of defenseman. Definitely Matheson fits that bill. Uh, anything to add on Matheson or Skinner there, Blake? Um, not a ton. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Skinner should be a hold. I, I, it's Edmonton goalie situation is is pretty rough though. I think yeah, you're not feeling good if you have either guy because it's kind of like a fifty fifty right now. It's like who's going, you know? And and uh, right. yeah, they're putting one game together, then getting pulled in the next game. So yeah, you kind of have to hold, but it sucks, right? So next season go a different way. All right. Um, and then, um, for Mike Matheson, I think, yeah, he, for, if he's, if he sticks with Montreal, I, I like his value a lot better. If he gets traded, I think, you know, yeah, he just becomes more of a depth piece to a team, right. That's trying mm -hmm. to do something. And he's a new player on a new team. They're not going to, you know, he's not going to be chugging minutes. Right. So I think if he, especially if he stays with the Canadians, we got some value here. He's obviously playing great. So yeah, you hold him for sure. Yep. And the last one, talk about the potential Patrick Kane to the Rangers deal that's been rumored and um, seems like all but done on Twitter for the mm -hmm. better part of the week here, but still not done in actuality. So assuming that that does eventually get done, I, I can only assume that they're really just trying to make the money work, um, trying to get more teams to take some <laughs> portion of that deal, uh, as is the norm in these situations these days. But uh, if that does go through and Patrick Kane does go to the Rangers, what's your take on that, that situation if he does go there? Um, yeah, great thing, again, in reality. And uh, it's going to be a good thing for his fantasy, for sure. Um, you know, he's going to be playing with way better players. So so that that can't be bad. And he's an, he's can be an elite player himself. I mean, obviously, he was in the past. And he's cooking right now. He's, he's obviously motivated. He must be kind of feeling that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and he's going to, he's going to go somewhere that's not so depressing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. That said, he's also playing like 20 minutes a game or over, or, you know, that that's kind of his deployment in Chicago for, for a lot of the season. Right. So that's not going to happen in New York. I don't think they got too many guys and too many, you know, um, like, like their main guys, they're locked in. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I could see Kane going down to like 16 minutes you know, playing like 16 to 18 minutes a game. Like look at Tarasenko. I, I was kind of hoping they would give him a few more minutes and that's just not materializing. And, you know, I think Kane will get a better, get better deployment there than Tarasenko, but you know, they're getting him there. Not so we can win our fantasy, you know, teams, but so they can win a Stanley cup. Right. So right. they'll, he'll do whatever he needs to do. I think the value with Kane is probably going to come next season with the Rangers. If he goes there. 
Yep. Yeah, and then you actually do have a question if Kane does go to the Rangers, like who's on that top power play? Now you've got a kind of an embarrassment of riches. Chris Kreider has been the net <laughs> front guy there forever. Zabanajad and Panarin, you feel like are fixtures, and that leaves Kane and Tarasenko kind of fighting it out for the last yep. spot on the top power play. So there is that question as well. So yeah, it wouldn't be all roses for me. I do think overall it's yeah. probably a net positive just given how terrible Chicago has been and how that's kind of held Kane down for most of the year, in my opinion. Um, honestly, like looking at his underlying numbers, this recent stretch has kind of brought him up to a more uh, normal level, I would say. I think he's even got more to give beyond this level. A bit of it has been, too, that he's down below 20 minutes per night uh, for the first time in a long time. You have to go back to 2014-15 for the last time that Patrick Kane got less than that. So that's been a little bit of why his uh, numbers haven't come quite as frequently this year, 45 points in 54 games on the season so far. So, yeah, overall, I'm I'm pretty much in alignment. I'd put him, you know... Um, I kind of feel like he's a point-per-game player at this point in his career. You know, maybe add 10 points on top of that, and he's a 90-ish point player on the Rangers. Um, honestly, with or without the top power play, but hopefully with it. So that would be kind of my take on Kane. I wouldn't get, you know, like too wildly excited, yeah. think he's going to be some 120-point player uh, with new life in uh, in New York just because there are still some questions. And anytime you go to a new situation, there's always a chance that things don't work out for one reason or another. All right. All that being said, we got to get into the main part of the episode here. We're 17 minutes in. We're crushing it, it, but we got to get into this. So performing well. Number one, Max Domi. So we're just talking about Kane and his potential move away from the Blackhawks. How much does that affect Max Domi's recent hot streak? 11 points in his last five games, four goals, seven assists. Uh, would we just completely write off Max Domi at this point? Is he still a streamer level player? You know, Chicago doesn't have a bad schedule for the upcoming week. Are you still interested in Domi even with the Kane uh, rumors hanging over him? Long term, hell no. All right. No, his, his value is going to plummet. But yeah, like you said, they have a they have a you know four games next week. He's Domi is doing very well right now with Kane, obviously. But you know he played last game without Kane. He got a goal. So um, yeah, he, his confidence is up. He's playing well, and he's going to be the feature piece. Max Domi, mm -hmm. feature piece of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> um, you know, so whatever, like. Uh, yeah, you hold them for this week and then assess then, right? But um, right now, this is something that I hope we have some time to get into in this episode is just sort of how you're preparing for your, you know, your fantasy playoffs, right? For me personally, it's not just about week to week winning your week now. It's about finding where you are in the standings and then, like you've said, tinkering a little bit, right? So does Max mm -hmm. Domi fit into that sort of, uh, you know, your your playoff schedule there? Like, um, you know, it's just something to think about, but for sure this upcoming week, Max Domi, you, you hold him and if he puts up a bunch of zeros, then you say, see you later, my guy. Thanks for your service. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Max Domi worth a shot in deeper leagues as a streamer, as you mentioned, played this last game without Kane and scored a goal on eight shots, 10 I uh, individual Corsi four and five individual scoring chances for played 22 minutes that'll Love play it. in uh, yep. pretty much any kind of points points format so yeah don't hate it as a pickup especially for the Monday Tuesday back-to-back -back that Chicago's got this week let's keep it rolling let's get right into Dawson Mercer from the New Jersey Devils so obviously Meyer going there could have an impact on Mercer's role he wasn't on the top power play uh, but he was on the Hughes line so 
you know, depending on how you see Meyer fitting in, or sorry, he was on the the Heischer line. I got that backwards. Um, yeah, so Mercer has been extremely hot of late. Nine points in his last five games. Seven of those are goals. He's been playing a fair amount of minutes, almost 18 minutes a night through this stretch. 26th in the league in shots per 60. 21st in individual scoring chances for per 60 through the stretch. So he's been tearing it up there. Mercer is a guy who really came on early in the year, and I was super into him. All his advanced stats were way up, and I was really into it. And then he just completely fell off the map for like 30 games. And it was really mind-boggling uh, to me to figure out how he could yeah just completely fall right. off the map like that still don't know what the answer to that question really is could have been an injury that we never really heard about that he was working through and now it's finally healed and he's getting better deployment and here we are but regardless of the reason he's currently playing extremely well now I think there's definitely no chance now that he's on the top power play at any point barring injury but with the with him playing this well like I, I think you have to roster him in in most leagues where a player of this caliber getting this kind of deployment is uh, available on your waiver wire. So yeah, like again, 12 team leagues or higher. He's probably got to be rostered. The devils this week have three games, but all three are on off nights. So he's definitely going to fit in. You could go to Max Domi for the Monday, Tuesday, and then get the devils on the off nights for the rest of the week, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, and kind of build out your streamer spot that way. That'd be a really nice uh, swing for you. If you could do something like that, how are you feeling about Mercer Blake? Yeah, no, I agree with everything you say. Um, you know, Meyer going there is obviously going to affect his, you know, fantasy relevancy. But this is a beauty player right here. I mean, uh, talking about embarrassment of riches, like, yeah, this this guy had a great season last year, nice nice rookie season, and and he's cooking again this year, right? So, like you said, you you got to roster him now, and especially next week, uh, three games all on off nights. So, uh, but I, I don't know that you're going to be able to pick him or pick him up, you know, after a back to back. I think if you if you're going right. to go with Mercer, you probably got to get him you know, midnight tonight, if he's available, like this is the, this is a player that you're going to want to target for this upcoming week, right. With all the off games. Um, yeah. I like the player a lot, obviously. Yeah. He's not going to be top power play. He's his, his deployment's going to take a hit, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, even looking forward to like, you know, let's say most fantasy playoffs start week 22 to 24. So that's kind of my default when I'm talking about the playoffs. Um, New Jersey has a decent schedule there too, at least with games played. So Mercer, mm -hmm. depending on what he does, might be a hold through the rest of the season, but just be prepared to kick him to the curb, right? You know, we when you bring a player like Meyer in there, it, it, it's going to change the dynamic of the team. So, and his role sure. could change in a big way. So just something to keep an eye on. But yeah, I like the player. He's, he's going to be a beauty for sure. Yeah, I think for myself, I don't know. It depends on your league, obviously, and the kind of players that are available. If he's the clear best player available on your waiver wire, then yeah, go ahead and add him now. Regardless, if he takes a little bit of a hit in deployment, he's hot currently, and I'd still keep riding that. Yep. But if he, um, if you can, if you feel like you can, you know, wait until we get some word on where Meyer's going to slot into the New Jersey lineup, then I would definitely try to wait uh, to pick up Mercer before. Um, yeah, potentially, you know, wasting an ad when you could have our next player on the list, which is Seth Jarvis, who has an identical schedule to, uh, to Mercer this week. He's playing on the Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, and he's super hot as well. Five goals and two assists for seven points in his last five games, playing up on the top line with Aho, 12 shots per 
uh, 12th in shots per 60 uh, over this five-game stretch, and 14th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, 3rd in on-ice Corsi, 4 per 60, and 1st in on-ice scoring chances, 4 per 60 over this five-game stretch. Jarvis, yeah, every Sheesh. underlying stat I can name is just uh, kind of out of this world at this point, and this is why I was pretty into Seth Jarvis before the season. I named him as one of my potential breakouts. A lot of people did. I'm not claiming that that was super... Uh, prescient or anything like that don't say that nate no you called it you called (laughs) it uh but yeah i mean he did suffer a little bit from the rod brindamore effect where he just kind of got shuffled around the lineup and got you know 14 minutes a night for a good part of the season but it seems like right now things are really clicking in carolina on that top line and he's getting 16 to 17 minutes a night at this point which is obviously super valuable. Right now, that line is Aho, Sveshnikov, and Jarvis, which is exactly where you want to be, uh, depending on where he gets his power play time right now on power play two. But you could even see that uptick, and you might even be a little more excited about him. But regardless, like he's playing 16 and a half minutes a night, and he's still putting up these ranks across the league currently. So he's as hot as they come both in the underlying stats and in the actual point production. I'm super into Seth Jarvis. So if you can't get Mercer or if you want to wait on Mercer until you hear some Meyer news, I think Jarvis is a plenty uh, plenty reasonable backup plan. Yeah. Actually, that's interesting. So would you take uh, Mercer over Jarvis? Um, If he maintains his deployment, yes, I would, just because I don't believe that Rod Brindamore... Uh, believes in consistency of anything regarding his top six. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's interesting, man, because I think I'd go the other way. Uh, And the only reason being is just because the Meyer situation, that uncertainty of that going into New Jersey, right? Um, And that said, too, like Carolina is trying to be a buyer here at the trade deadline as well. So what's going to happen here when they, you know, are they going to pick somebody up? And that's something to think about you know, with Seth Jarvis, because he's, he's not a bubble player. He should be rostered at this point, especially playing the way he is. But, um, you know, if they bring in another guy, you know, what, what happens with Jarvis, right? It's just something to think right. about, but yeah, I, I like Jarvis. I've, I've got him on a lot of teams just because, um, you know, his, his playoff schedule, but also his schedule coming up here in week 20, the guy's a beauty. Um, and I like that he's doing it in the minutes he's, he's got, right. Like you said, with the advanced stats, like this is excellent. Um, you know, because you know me, I, I want to see time on ice and Jarvis's time on ice. It's, it's, it's a little bit higher, but it's not, it's nothing crazy. He's not blowing the doors down. Right. So, um, you know, I, I love that. It's kind of like what you talked about, you know, Tarasenko at the beginning of the year. Like if this guy gets even more minutes, then, then it's blast off time. Right. And I love, yeah. you know, I, I think once they put Sveshnikov up there and, and took uh, Tara Vinen down, that's like, things are clicking there in that top line. So Carolina is a beauty team right now. They're 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 killing it. I like to see it. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's an interesting parallel to draw between Mercer and Jarvis. Um Jarvis 32% rostered currently and Mercer 33% rostered. So at least in terms of the roster percentage, they're probably both available in a lot of leagues. And yep. this is a decision that a lot of people are gonna be making for the upcoming week. So um yeah. That's my personal take, uh, but definitely I would see them in the same tier for this week. And just given that I would see them in the same tier, that would give me enough reason to pause on the Mercer ad at like midnight tonight or whatever you're saying and just see what you get there before deciding between Mercer and Jarvis since they both don't play until Wednesday. 
Uh, let's keep rolling. JT Comfer is the next player up here. Comfer, eight points in his last five games, two goals, six assists, averaging almost 21 minutes a night through this stretch. Underlying numbers not so hot, 190th in shots per 60, 228th in Corsi 4 per 60, 184th in scoring chances 4 per 60. So definitely not super hot, but getting a total... Workout every single night, basically, <laughs> in Colorado on the second line there and second power play. And had a three-game multi-point streak going before his last game against Calgary where he didn't get any points, but he played 24 minutes in that game. So regardless of whether he's scoring or not, he's out there and he's playing alongside Miko Rantanen at the moment. That's definitely a place you want to be. Rantanen has been red hot pretty much all year. How are you feeling about JT Comfort? Obviously, Colorado has the terrific playoff schedule that we've been touting uh, for quite some time at this point. Yep. So is Comfort a hold at this point? I think definitely for this week, you're going to hold him with Colorado having a four-game, three-off night schedule this week. But do you see him being a hold even if he goes a little bit quiet during the next couple of weeks here? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um Comfort to me is the safest out of the guys we've mentioned so far. Like there, there's nothing like at this point of the season, um, the, the forward uh, deployment is Nathan McKinnon, JT Comfort. He's the next guy down. What the, you know, mm -hmm. like at this point in the season. So um, that, that's that it, to me, like, you know, go going along with our, the, the playoff schedule that we talked about Colorado has a very, you know, they have four games this week with three off nights. So a good schedule for week 20. Now is the time to get comfort. I've been talking about this guy a lot on Twitter. I think I think he's almost a must add at this point. I think you, you know, advanced stats aside, like he's going to bludgeon his way to statistics. Um, if you're in a face-off <laughs> league, like, you know, he, he takes a crap ton of face-offs and he's just a very valuable player. When you, when a guy gets 24 minutes a night on a team like this, that means Jared Bednar, the coach of the avalanche has major confidence in what Comfort's doing. He's on a heater. He, he's getting some points too. Like, Hey, just give it to Rantanen, my guy, like let him, let him get the biz. And, uh, I, I think comfort is the safest, uh, stream. You know, he's a streamer with benefits. I, to me personally, he's a must add. And I think you should hold him to the rest of the season unless his deployment just falls off a cliff. Right. Because, uh, Comfort's value is based on his deployment. Right. As you said, with the advanced stats, but he's getting some statistics out there and I, I really like the player. Wow. I mean, you know, th this is really pretty much the only team we got out here in the West that's going to do anything. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I think comfort is 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 prime to have a great end of the season here. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. We still don't really have a great timeline on Gabriel Landeskog. It seems like he's been skating, but skating pretty slowly, taking things pretty slow with his return. Uh, whether or not he'll be there in time for your fantasy playoffs is still up in the air, which obviously the longer he stays out, the more relevant Comfort will be. So there's that to consider with JT Comfort. Definitely think, like you're saying, when you get these kind of minutes and you get these kind of minutes on a great team, like Comfort is on, then you're just going to find your way into some statistics. It doesn't really matter if you're the greatest, as long as you're a, you know, almost a, basically a replacement level player, you're going to find your way into some points. So definitely on the same page on that front. That Norman says Avs are probably going to Tampa Landeskog Doughty plays this year the same way that Tampa did with Kucherov I'm sure is what he's alluding to I don't yeah. know if they're going to do that uh, Landeskog I don't know if he's that kind of guy he's always been kind of a 
I don't know, soul on his sleeve kind of player. And I feel like, like if the Avs are not using his cap space to acquire someone at the deadline, then I think he's going to come back. That's basically my take on it. He's going to come back. He's going to get a few games in before the playoffs just to get back up to speed. It like It's a hard thing, especially for a physical player like Landis Cog, to come right back into a playoff environment and then just expect to, yeah, just crush it for 20 games or whatever as they try to make another cup run. Like That's just a really tough ask in my opinion. Obviously Kucherov did it and did it well, but I don't think that's a norm and I don't think it's a norm for a reason. So I'm not sure how I feel about that, but definitely there's still the chance that even if Landis Gog does come back before playoffs, that it's not in time for it to really mean anything for your fantasy playoffs or for JT Comfer. Last guy I want to touch on in performing well is Tommy Novak. Now, this is a name that not a lot of people have been tracking, but Tommy Novak is a guy who has scored four goals and four assists for eight points in his last five games. That is not including the game today. I should probably double-check that and see what he got today uh, before we get He got a point, I think. He got an assist. He got a point today? There you go. JT well, JT Comfort can't hold a candle to Tommy Novak, okay? Goal and two Novak, assists. What the heck? Goal and two assists. He's on fire. So, yeah, Novak is definitely an interesting player. Again, the underlying statistics are nothing to write home about, but man, when a guy's this hot, like what do you what do you do with them? What do you do, what are you doing with him, Blake? Who the hell is this guy? I, I, I you know what? I I don't know who this is. So, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Nashville Predators and offense, but here we are. Like they took the game today. They're they're uh it's they won six two. And this guy got to go into yep. assists. What is happening? I don't know. You got you got a roster. What do you, you know? You pick him up until he stops doing this. Like that this is the thing with Novak is, you know, he's he's like a 15 to you know 17 minute man. So, you know, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's not my that's not my favorite thing, but um you know, he's centering the top line there. He's on power play one. They just thrust this guy into offensive minutes. Like, here you go, buddy. Have a ball. And <laughs> uh, and Novak is taking the ball and running with it. This is this is great. This is what you want to see. Like, I had to look into this guy a little bit more. Like, third rounder, 85th overall. You know, he had seven points last year in 27 games. Goody. And now, like, this is a nice example of a player that probably offensive, you know, uh, coming up and gets in the big leagues and they put him on the fourth line or the third line, you know, like, Oh, go out and mm-hmm. check, check, you know, for 12 minutes a game. Um, you know, so now they're giving him some, some deployment and some, uh, um, opportunities here offensively. And he's, he's obviously playing very well. This is not something you can rely on, right? He's also shooting 17% over uh, these 26 games here. Right. So he's, he's running hot. Um, I don't know. He's streamer level to me at this point. Like you stream him in, he's uh, what a, you know, what is he rostered on Yahoo? 4%. All right. Yeah. And that was plus 4% in the last day. All right. So this guy yeah. was toiling away on, you know, in the basement of the waiver wires. And now he's, now we're talking about him on the, on the flagship podcast here. So, you know, <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, stream him in, you know, if it makes sense. Um, Nashville's schedule this week upcoming, you know, three games, zero off nights. So can you get him in? You know, that that's really going to be the key. I think there are better, more consistent streamers. I think as we lead into the playoffs, you got to start thinking a little bit safer, right? It's not the time to be taking big mm. swings, right? Novak to me is a swing, right? He's, he's boom or bust, right? So just think about what you want to do. If you're trying to make the playoffs and you're not there yet, maybe now, now maybe Novak is your guy, right? Like get in here, give me three points. 
who the hell is Tommy Novak? What, what are we doing here? But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting story. Like good for this guy. I'll let another three points tonight. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Novak is a little bit like the new Yusuf Parsonen, who everybody was super into when he came up, also on Nashville, and he got hot for, I think it only ended up being like three or four games when he first came up. Uh, Novak has gotten hot a little bit later, and he sustained it a little bit more, and his underlying stats are actually a lot better uh, over the course of his 26 games this year. 9.44 shots per 60, so just below that 10 shots per 60 mark that I like to see. 8.88 individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. His deployment has come up of late, which is good to see. So, yeah, you can take that for what you will. 16 minutes and 27 seconds in the game today. And then the game before that, he was up at 18 minutes, 39 seconds. Game before that, 16 minutes, 55 seconds. So, lately, the deployment has been a little better. Definitely an interesting player, as you mentioned, a tough one to roster necessarily this week with the schedule, but definitely a name to monitor. And Nashville does have a good schedule if your playoffs are calendar are the Yahoo weeks uh, 23 through 25. So do keep that in mind as well. Right now he's playing, you know, on the top line, Duchesne and Granlund and Tommy Novak. That's the line. So yeah, he's on the top power play there too. So Take that for what it's worth. Uh, Novak, four uh, percent rostered. If you're in a deep league, definitely. I think like I'm in. I'm in uh, which is a 14 team league with a couple of utility spots. Um, so that's definitely a little bit deeper of a league. Novak got picked up today, actually, in that league. And yeah, I can't fault them. It's not a. It's not a terrible pickup in a league that deep. So, uh, depending on your format, Novak is definitely rosterable. It seems like he's coming on of late. So I'm not against it. I'm. I would, he would have a very short leash with me, I guess is yeah. what I'm going to end with. He would have a very short leash, but um, if you need somebody who's hot currently and you want to stay in the flames there, then you can definitely do worse than Tommy Novak. Before we get into players performing poorly, I want to remind you, you got to check out the Apples and Geno's Discord server. We've got 600 plus like-minded fantasy managers in there. Come talk about your ad drop decisions, your trades that you might have in this last little flurry before your league's trade deadline, and how to prepare for your fantasy playoffs if you're going to be in them. You can definitely get lots of responses on all those things in there. If you're looking for some more specialized and tailored-to-you help for your waiver wire pickups or for specific questions that you have, then you can check out the Apples and Geno's Patreon Five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. Wow. You can get a weekly article from yours truly detailing these waiver wire pickups, who are the best guys to roster for the upcoming week, including some long term plays, uh, guys to set you up for your fantasy playoffs. And also, you'll get a guaranteed response to all of your questions in the patrons only Discord channel. So, both those links are in the show description. Check that out if it's of interest to you. Blake, are you ready for some performing poorly? I can't wait. All right, let's get to biz. All right, we've got two defensemen off the top, Keandre Miller and Moritz Sider. Both these guys, pretty highly regarded players, and both have had their time in the sun this year, and both have had some times where they've been pretty much unrosterable for fantasy. Sider, obviously, a little bit more of a surprise this year, uh, negative surprise, I guess, with the season he put up last year to this year. Miller seems to be kind of more on an upward trend with his season this year. Neither of these guys super interesting in terms of their underlying stats to me. Uh, Kendra Miller, his average time on ice is 
down. I'm guessing that that's probably from one game. So I'll double check that. But between Miller and Sider, like if you're picking between these two guys right now, like say you have both and both have given you zero points in their last five games and you've got to figure out what you're doing moving forward. Is there one that you still prefer over the other here? You go to the old mill and you get some cider. All right. That's what you got to do. All right. Uh, I would take cider 100 times out of 100 over Keandre Miller um, for the remainder of the season. Not because he's just so much better. Obviously, they're they're similar type players, but, um, you know, obviously they're both stinky right now with their their uh, offensive output. But um, cider's going to give you the perifs better than um, what Miller has done, really this this season and you know cider yeah he's on and off power play one with uh, obviously philip pronick is they're doing revolving doors there so i think uh, cider has a better chance of getting on power play one um plus detroit has five games this upcoming week like obviously you're not you, you can't go pick up more cider he's he's on a team but yeah like that that's one of the reasons why again just a kind of i would lean more towards cider in this case but yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you know, you've heard me talk about defensemen. You just temper expectations. I think, you know, these are both beauties. They're going to be beauty players in this league. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? They're defensemen. They're not offensemen. They're defensemen, right? So um, I would like to see a lot more perifs out of uh, Keandre Miller, though. And he got he got booted out of the game today for spitting on a guy. Like, what are you doing, buddy? That's not a good look. So, um, you know, that's, I don't know. He's a young guy, whatever. That's kind of stupid, but... Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I like Cider there. I, I don't even have too much to say about these two guys. It's, <laughs> you're not going to get much offense from them. So if that's what you're looking for, you might be able to find somebody else. Like, go get Tommy Novak, all right? I, I don't know. Just just empty your D spot and just take <laughs> Tommy Novak. Get him in there. Yeah, it's a fair point. Like, at what point are you moving off of a guy like Kendra Miller? I do tend to agree that a guy like Cider, just given the deployment, I know, like, you're looking at the Rangers, especially if they get Kane, you're like, wow, this yeah. is the greatest offensive environment in the league. So how can you drop a defenseman of Miller's talents in a situation like that? If he's not producing, he's not producing. He's not a guy who's going to get a ton of power play time or anything like that. Be put into these offensive situations. So I think you can drop Miller if there is a better option. Uh, a lot of the time, there probably won't be a better option in your league. Uh, but for example, if someone like Brady Shea, Eric Gustafson, even Mike Matheson, I might yeah, consider Matheson, I was say, over, yeah. over Miller at this point. So there are definitely some names that are out there and not rostered in a fair number of leagues that you can get. Yeah, it looks like that was the game misconduct getting kicked out uh, after just 7 minutes and 49 seconds. That's what was throwing off my numbers there. Thanks, Norman, for pointing that out for us as well in the chat. And Toronto Dave's in here too. Nice to see you, Toronto Dave. Thanks for checking us out. All right. Yeah, I I don't really have much to say about that either. Um, would hang on to Cider would hang on to Miller unless, you know, one of those guys is out there for you, then I think I'd be more interested in those three names that I mentioned. Let's talk about St. Louis here. St. Louis, all these players have been ice cold uh, pretty much ever since they started tearing this thing down in St. Louis. Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo have a combined two points between the three of them over their last five games. All three of them, you know, Kairou is the lowest at uh, just over 19 and a half minutes per game, and both Thomas and Shen are getting 21 plus. So all three of them getting plenty of minutes as the Blues kind of deplete their forwards group as they commit to the tank basically at this point. 
Kairu has the best underlying stats, but they're still not good. And definitely the Blues as a team seem to just have kind of given up on the season at this point. And the on-ice stats are pretty terrible for the team as a whole. So what kind of expectations do we have? Would you trade? Like if you have Kairu, for example, as he's the one I think that would probably have the most value in most leagues, uh, definitely points leagues. Would you trade Kairu for kind of pennies on the dollar just to, like, would you trade Kairu for somebody like a Comfort even in a league to try to get um, just a Colorado guy with a better playoff schedule or something like that? Or do you think that there's still some bounce back coming for these three? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, question. I think I would trade Kairu for Comfort. Um yeah, that's uh, that's something I would do. Um, I had a question today on Twitter about Kairu as well. Like, do I do I drop Kairu and pick up somebody you know who's hitting? I was like, well, don't drop Kairu. Like, no, he, he, he's he's too good to drop. You can't drop Kairu at this point. Uh, but you can drop Thomas. You can drop Braden Shen. I think like get them out of your sight, right? But Kairu, mm-hmm. he does have the most value. I think you know, and St. Louis does have a reasonable schedule. I think. I'm just yeah, I mean, yeah I mean they got four off nights from week 22 to 24 four off nights that's excellent right so you, you don't want to drop Kyrie you probably don't want to drop the other guys either like off nights are at a premium there um for those playoff weeks so you know it's just unfortunate right because uh, you know Craig Berube the head coach came out and was talking a bunch of yang on his players and that's not a good look either when when I see something like that that's that's some real problems that means Berube's probably not going to be the coach you know, at the start of next season, something like that. Like, how do you go out and slam your top players who are both locked up for eight-year contracts? Like, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, it, it doesn't make sense. And that's not an environment that guys want to play in and, and do their best, right? And then they're they're having a fire sale. They traded Barbashev today. He, he went to um, Vegas, I think. Yep. So, you know, it, it, it is. It's just a fire sale over there. It's not a great environment to play. So I think expectations should be extremely low. I'm not like, I don't know who, I think trading Kairu for Comfort, I don't know if that would get accepted. <laughs> They'd be like, well, I, you yeah, know, may, maybe like, too. you know, maybe if, if you're like, oh, you know, I'm good on periffs and I, I just need like some assists, you know, and maybe some power play points like Kairu. Okay, great. But yeah, it's, it's not great. You, you never want to sell low, right? <laughs> and that's what you'd right. be doing here. So you might have to write it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Just looking at other teams that have good playoff schedules like if you can trade Cairo for somebody from the coyotes like a keller probably not i don't doubt you can get that done but maybe a schmaltz depending on what the manager thinks of him i don't know mm-hmm. if i'd go down to barrett hayton there hayton has cooled off a little bit as of late on the leafs you know ryan o'reilly i don't know if you could get that done anymore as he's had a four-point game already with the Leafs and anytime it happens on the Leafs it obviously gets magnified a thousandfold so that probably doesn't happen anymore I don't know if there's anybody from the Sabres that you can really kind of bank on I don't think you can get Dylan Cousins for Jordan Cairo anymore so yeah I maybe you can try it like you can try it I would not trade Jeff Skinner for Jordan Cairo but maybe uh it's worth it's worth sending the offer, I guess, is what I would say at this point. Because, yeah, I think that the team has kind of given up. I think Kairu will probably be okay. Like, he'll probably be above streamer level for the rest of the season. So, in a league where I have him, I'm not dropping him currently. I would love to trade him for Jeff Skinner or somebody like that. But I'm more expecting, like, a 60-point pace, where previously he was basically a point-per-game player. So, I've just kind of readjusted my expectations on what Kairu will be for the rest of the season at this point. Rough stuff. 
All right, let's talk about the Buffalo Sabres, actually. They had some injury news come out this weekend that Alex Tuck is now week-to-week with an injury, and that opens the door for some more interesting uh, things on their side of the ice. And the guy that I'm most interested in here is actually going to be Victor Olofsson. Uh, Olofsson is the guy on the top power play, replacing Alex Tuck there at the moment. And yeah, that's kind of kind of the interesting spot to me, I think, at this point. So I don't know. I'll toss it to you, Blake. What are you thinking about these guys? Is Olison the guy you'd be looking at adding, or are you interested in somebody else in Buffalo with the news of the Tuck injury? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's between obviously you know Quinn, who has moved up to the the top line there, Jack Quinn, and then Olison. You know, Buffalo does have a good good playoff schedule. I mean, what's their schedule like this this week coming up? I didn't look there, but um, I think it's what are they three games? Three games, it's, zero off nights. Yeah. Okay. So that's that stinks, but you know, you're trying to get ahead of things, right? So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I like Olson. I've rostered him in the past before, just because yeah, he's such a power play threat, and he's been you know toiling away on power play two for most of the season. So bumping up to play with Tage and and Skinner and and uh, you know Darlene and all these guys. He was out today, Darlene, but he should he should be back. They had Owen Power on the top line or top power play there too. So um, yeah, I, I would say. It's a wash to me. I, I if I had to choose, I'd choose Olafson. I think just because he's done it before. Jack Quinn's still un, unproven, um, and mm-hmm. I think goals are more valuable than assists. And I think Olafson's probably going to get more goals. It's just that power play one deployment. But he had sixteen and a half minutes tonight. Pretty good, you know. That that's that might be all he needs with, with power play time. Like that's that's what he's there for. So yeah, no, I I think I agree with you on that. Let's go Olafson on that. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. Like Olson is not hot right now. Uh, zero points in his last five games. It's uh, a little bit impressive, to be honest, that uh, the Buffalo Sabers can score seven goals and Olson can get nothing, despite over four minutes of power play time, and basically everyone scoring points all around him. So that is, I guess, a little bit concerning. But overall, I think that he's definitely the most logical player to keep a spot on that top power play as long as Tuck is out. And I'm pretty interested in that spot because Olison does have a legitimate cannon of a one-timer. Back when it was him and Eichel, they were kind of the one-two punch on the power play, and it actually worked for a season there uh, for the Sabres. So I do think that Olofsson is somebody worth rostering. He's not hot currently. He was super hot earlier in the year. But on the season, the guy's got 23 goals in 58 games. It's just really the assists that have been lagging. But he's also been toiling on the third line with a bunch of pretty much nobodies for most of the season. So getting the elevation here in deployment is, yeah, overall pretty interesting to me. And I do think that at least for the next little bit, he's of interest. I Like it sounds at this point like Tuck is probably going to be around for fantasy playoffs. But if you want to take the flyer on Olsen now and kind of just ride him into potentially your playoffs, I think there are definitely worse options out there. He's rostered, I think, on only 14%. I was just looking at it um, of Yahoo leagues. So he's definitely out there and available across your leagues. And definitely you can do worse than Victor Olsen. Agreed. All right, we've got time for one more guy here, and that's going to be Matt Boldy. And Boldy has been on this list on the hot side and the cold side throughout the season, and we've kind of just said this is how it's going to be with Matt Boldy this year in Minnesota. 
One assist in his last five games, just over 17 and a half minutes per game. The advanced stats have kind of fallen off. 96th in shots per 60, 176th in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, 252nd in on-ice scoring chances, 4 per 60. None of those numbers giving me a whole lot of confidence. On the season, Boldy has 16 goals and 40 points in 60 games. What's your view on Boldy moving forward? Would you be trying to move off him? Or would you be trying to acquire him looking ahead to your playoffs? What's the move here? That's a good question. Yeah, I think, I mean, looking at, again, week 22 to 24, Minnesota's got nine games, which is not good, but four of them are on off nights. So, you know, Boldy is going to have some value there, but this is just a, a terrible time for him to go cold. And, you know, you said it, like, this is the story of the guy's season. He's on the hot list. He's on the cold list. He's on the hot list. He's on the cold list. So, this is kind of the player that he is right now. And that's why, like, I, I preach patience a lot when I when I talk to people about fantasy. Like, you're, you're drafting players for, you know, pretty much for their season value. Like, where do you think they're going to end up at the end of the season? And, you know, Boldy, yeah, he, he hasn't really... I think he's he's disappointed this season, I would say, for sure. Like, uh, it's not kind of been where you'd, where you'd hope based on what he did last year. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's a sophomore slump, right? I think this, this player is going to be good to go. Um, I think this, you know, this cold streak sort of coincides with Ryan Hartman getting a little more look there, getting getting some deployment. And he, I think Hartman has three goals, three assists in his last five. So he's starting to go. And it, it it's just the ebbs and flows of a season and a team. Guys get hot. They start getting more deployment. Boldy, you know, maybe he's gripping the stick a little too tight, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think would I get off him, I I don't think so. I think you, you ride with Boldy. I mean, it, you know, you can kick tires, but how are you gonna how are you gonna get off him? Right? He's got one point in his last five games. Like, what are you gonna get? I think it's mm-hmm. probably worth it just to stick it out for those four off nights. You know, you're you're looking good there, and then just you know tinker with some of the other guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much in alignment with you there. I. I think you could move off Boldy if you can get something for him, but for him to be cold right now, I don't think you're going to get much for him in a trade. So he's probably worth more to you than he is to anyone else in your league at the moment. And so you're probably just kind of stuck with riding him out at this point. And I don't think that's a bad place to be. Like on the season, his shots per 60 is actually higher than last season. His individual scoring chances for per 60 up at 11, which nice. is a really nice number. And yeah, it's really just a tale of his conversion percentages have taken a big hit this year. Last year, 13.3% shooting percentage. This year, 8.5%. Last year, 13.5% on ice shooting percentage. This year, 101 So I think that last year he probably ran a little bit hot on the on ice shooting percentage. But I think also this year he's actually taken a step as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically he's playing like right now he's playing with Joel Eriksson and Marcus Felino. And Joel Eriksson is a fine player. Marcus Foligno is not a scoring winger in the NHL at this point in his career. He arguably never was, but hey, stop definitely... that! <laughs> I'll be damned if you're going to talk some Yang on Marcus Foligno. All right, that man <laughs> is a beauty. All right, that's a, uh, just go get Marcus Foligno. All right, you want the four off games? <laughs> go get some bangs. All right, this man hurts people for a living. All right, there you go. Move on. That's, that's good. That's definitely true. Marcus Foligno does bang, um, but. In terms of the offensive upside that he provides his line mates, definitely not there. So that's kind of been the case for Boldy all season long. It's been kind of my thesis on Boldy as to why you can't really rely on him. He'll get hot. He'll The power play will get hot for Minnesota, and he'll be a big part of that, as he always has been the entire season. But until Minnesota figures out 
basically their 2C situation and also really whoever the other top winger in that top six is going to be, then Boldy is just going to have this cap uh, on his upside. And that's shown up this year. Last year he had Fiala and the points were coming. They were getting pretty good conversion. Obviously the on-ice shooting percentage probably a little bit high at 13.5%. But even if you take that back down a little bit and you see the step that Boldy's taken in his underlying numbers, I actually think that this is not a sophomore slump for Matt Boldy. I think he's actually improved as a player, but it's just the context around him has kind of disintegrated at least at five on five. And so, yeah, it's just kind of an exercise in um, what do you do with a good player in a bad situation and what does that mean for their upside for the season? And I think you're seeing that with Boldy here. I do think that Matt Boldy is someone I'm probably going to be pretty heavily invested into next year because I think a lot of people are going to view this as kind of his new norm that he's just going to be, uh, I've even heard people talking about this already, to be honest, that he's, oh, he's just like another 55, 60 point guy. I actually think Matt Boldy has point per game potential in in the NHL. I don't think that's a stretch to say based on his underlying numbers and based on, yeah, like this season, even 18 minutes of time on ice per game. It's really good numbers. Minnesota wants to use him. They're using him on top power play. He just needs a little bit more support, in my opinion, at 5v5, and that could really unlock him to take the next step in year three. So definitely a guy to file away for your drafts next year. I think he'll be intensely undervalued come September. Amber. Nice. Yeah. Um, Nate, I just want to say, yeah, that that's, that's great. Everyone book it. All right. That's, that's, I love stuff like that. That's great information. That's something we can look at. Um, and just keep in mind too, with Minnesota, um, Billy Gurren, uh, the, the GM was, was said on Twitter that they're looking to be very active at the trade deadline. So yeah, you know, whoever comes in to Minnesota or whatever moves out, obviously Boldy's not going anywhere. So yeah, it, that could, that could help with Boldy too, and sort of help with what we're discussing here. And then I did want to talk about how about our boy, friend of the show, Vinny Tro? Ah, two goals and an assist tonight in New York. My man, this, you know what? That's what the New York Rangers need on Power Play 1. You put Vinny Tro out there, <laughs> you're going to get a show. All right, let's 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 get the biz. This man's a unit. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah, friend of the show, Vinny Tro. You love to see it. Hopefully he goes on an absolute tear here for the rest of the season. We would love to see nothing more here on the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. But folks, that's all we've got for this episode. Hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from Natural Stat Trick, which is a terrific free resource you can check out for yourself. Many thanks to the band there there for supplying the music for the podcast. Be sure to check out their Spotify as well. And that's it, folks. Much love. Mm-hmm.